Shut up and sit down. up guys welcome back to the quiet part loud podcast um i'm super excited we have relaunched the show effectively we took january off but we're back with episode 118 and if you haven't uh listened to us before then this will be normal if you have listened to the show before you'll probably notice a distinct change in the audio quality uh, and that's because we took january off so we could upgrade the equipment so i've gotten a new recorder We've got the boom arm, uh, new microphones. Uh, we've got a webcam as well, but I'm still working on how to fix that and get that operating correctly. I think I need a new piece of software. But like I said, we haven't done a show since before Christmas. And I took the month off to kind of step back. Work was super busy anyhow, so I needed the time uh, to kind of step back and focus on that. But when we relaunched, I wanted to relaunch correctly. I wanted 2020 to be a year of leveling up and doing things better, doing things uh, at a higher quality, changing the structure of the show slightly, which I'll talk more about, uh, but just giving it a better feel. If we're going to do 100 plus episodes of this, we might as well just buy the goddamn kit and get it right. The other reason is we've got interviews coming up. Now, I talked about this last year I've talked about this this in previous episodes. We tried to make an interview work with the old equipment. It turned out to be a complete disaster. I'm hoping now, because I've got two boom arms, I've got two, three, four mics. Uh, we've got the Zoom H6 uh, audio recorder, which I'm still getting familiar with. Uh, we've got the blue compass uh, boom arms, which seem, once you fiddle with them a little bit, seem to be really, really good. I think the only thing I need to get now is a new laptop because my laptop is shit and uh, I need to get some shock mounts for the mic so this doesn't happen which you can probably hear so I can't touch anything at the moment I've got to get my setup right sit where I am and then hope that I'm not leaning in and leaning out too too much um, so we can figure out the best way to record this thing but we have the kit, we're mobile, I've got some interviews lined up, and once I'm comfortable with all of this, which is why I wanted to launch, we're going to be able to take this out on the road, go meet guests, and just to give you kind of an idea, there's about four or five interviews that have confirmed with me on email, and we just need to work out the dates. The delay on that, and if they listen to the show, is completely on my side. It's not them, they're ready to go whenever I am. And I just need to get this right so we can continue to bring the show to you in the way that we want to and level the game up because I don't want to put bad audio out there. If there's somebody that we're talking to that's got something important to say, that's got to come through clear. That's got to come through concise. And I'm trying to make this the best thing it's, uh, that it can be because it's just me still, right? And I'm building this thing and I'm doing it, but now I'm reaching out, I'm creating a network and uh, and it's going well. So stay tuned, there's way more things to come and uh, and we'll just continue to to make this show as good as, uh, as, good as you guys deserve it to be, I guess. So, uh, so stay tuned and listen to that. I gotta stay hydrated. I hope the ambient sound isn't picked up too much. probably take it out post edit right I'm not an audio engineer so I'm just I'm experimenting 
Uh, so, we haven't done a show in over a month. It's probably been closer to uh, six weeks. But it's it's kind of a negative serendipity that it, that it happens now because we're coming off the weekend where we lost Kobe. Uh, Kobe Bryant died. If, if you've been living on a rock and haven't heard about this, then... Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You're probably not listening to this podcast, but I'm sure anybody listening to this show knows by now that that we lost Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven others uh, in a terrible uh, helicopter crash in Calabasas on, I think it was on the weekend. Um, the days are kind of blurry for me right now because, you know, Kobe was an amazing basketball player, one of the best of all time, no doubt about it. Uh, but I've been following Kobe since before he got drafted into the NBA. He's been a he's been a kind of a, a hero, uh, an idol, call it what you will, of mine since before he was drafted. It was just the level of talent that I recognized in him, the way he carried himself, and to be that that postured and that you know professional at such a young age was something to aspire to. And on the basketball court, I tried to emulate him. I tried to play like him. I bought all of his shoes. You know, I have his interviews on VHS still somewhere at my mom's house in Canada, I'm sure. Um, But Kobe was my hero. And I was really shook up, as I'm sure a lot of people were, when they found out he passed. And for me, it's going to be one of those moments where I'll never forget where I was when I heard that he died in that helicopter and when they confirmed his body. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, remember him a little in terms of what he meant to me because he really was, you know, one of these pieces that as a kid growing up without a dad or a a proper father figure, I always looked outwardly to who I could grasp onto personality wise and make that my influences and tried to do that in a positive way. So the big ones for me were Kobe, Tupac, Jim Carrey, right? Those were the huge ones for me. Those were my idols. And Kobe was that part of the puzzle for me that was relatable by age because there's only three years difference. And so I tried to carry myself and obviously got lost along the way. But, you know, those are the guys that from the celebrity culture I would give my attention to because I don't like celebrity culture. I don't like, you know, the E! News generation makes me want to vomit. But there are certain people out there with levels of integrity, levels of talent that deserve to be recognized for how good they are. And I think those three guys were definitely it for me. And Kobe was definitely that sports element of it and that that age-relevant piece of the puzzle. So I was in love with basketball. I obviously loved the Lakers. I loved the Lakers before Kobe came on to the team, but obviously that was a, you know, that was a massive win for me. Um, and that was a, tw- you know, that was like the beginning of like a 20-year like peripheral relationship where I was like just watching this guy and, and admiring this guy and like not fucking creepy way or anything like that but you know um it broke my heart 
when I heard the news on the weekend. It, it, it absolutely devastated me. And it took me a couple of days to, to get myself feeling right again. And just looking on reflection of the love that's been given and is pouring out for Kobe and, and, and Gigi, his daughter, and obviously the rest of the folks that uh, passed in that accident, the love that's coming out from everywhere is what's truly, truly inspiring. To think that Kobe meant that to so many other people, and it wasn't just mine, because I could be a jealous guy, right? Like I'll walk into the guy, I'll walk into the grocery store, and if I'm friendly with the security guard, and I'll give him a little wave or whatever. If somebody else gives that guy a wave, I'm like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> you don't have that relationship with him. That's my relationship, right? The coffee barista, like she knows my order, and then knows somebody else. I'm like, hey, I come here all the time, right? I'm jealous like that. <laughs> um, but it was great to see Kobe receiving this posthumous love and outpouring of uh, adoration from around the world. And that's because he was bigger than what he did. He was bigger than the game that he played. He was, uh, he was something to aspire to. He was, a, he was a state of mind. He was a presence. He was a feeling. He was an idea. And when you reach that level of status and influence and greatness in your field it's only right that you get that you know that love and, and adoration if something this tragic happens but for me it felt like a broken heart and I felt weird about it and as I said it took a couple of days to get over that but he'll be remembered he won't be missed he'll be remembered I'm sure his family are going to miss him dreadfully but for the rest of us on the outside he'll be remembered He'll be remembered as one of the, you know, few greats, the greatest to ever pick up a basketball. He'll be remembered for the charity work he did. He'll be remembered for the influence that he had and tried to have on women's basketball. He'll be remembered for the family that he built. He'll be remembered. And he'll be remembered in love. And that's what I came to realize after a few days of, of thinking on it is, He's bigger than the game. He's a thing. And that thing that was Kobe Bryant will be remembered forever. So my love and, you know, obviously deepest condolences go out to the Bryant family and, and anybody directly affected by the tragedy and the loss of everybody that was on that helicopter that day. Um, it was a sad day. It is still a sad time. Uh, that we've lost such a such a a great person so young and a flock of you know great people because if you're in a helicopter with Kobe Bryant I assume you're doing good things in your life I'm just making that assumption but you know um, so it's a tragedy all around and uh, yeah again my condolences go out to them for me it's uh, it's a difficult one uh, yeah. So, I guess moving on from that, you know, there's been so much happening in the, you know, in the time that we've been away. And I wasn't sure kind of what to dive into or, you know, what to get, how long to make this episode, right? Because it doesn't need to be long. I just want to talk about some of the bits that have been going on. And obviously, the, you know, I want to talk about the Trump impeachment for sure. 
But the first thing I want to just talk about quickly is I just mentioned the outpouring of love that Kobe's received, right? But what that made me think about was if anybody brings up his past in fractions, let's call them that, right? That's a really shitty thing to do. And sure enough, sure enough, within hours, you hear of Ari Shafir, the comedian. The, he's been on the Joe Rogan experience many, many times. Come out with this video or this audio, whatever the fuck it was, basically saying Kobe died 20 years too late and should have died before he had a chance to rape that girl or whatever he said. It was disgusting. And if you've listened to this show before, you know that I don't like this cancel culture. I don't like people being, you know, shunned for things they did years and years and years ago. And I also don't like, you know, freedom of speech is a real thing. And if you say something, I don't think you should be canceled for it. I think you should be criticized for it. And that's how you create discourse, the nuance the context of it, but that can't happen on social media, so they just go cancel. But instead of canceling, just press block and stop being a pussy about it, huh? Right? So that's kind of my thoughts on that. But this guy, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm so like personally invested in Kobe for all these years that like don't say a word about him kind of thing. But I just think what he said was not funny. It was not tactful. The timing couldn't have been worse. But ultimately, all he wants is this. He just wants people talking about it. So I'm doing him a service by even mentioning it. But for me, it's worth mentioning just to call him the piece of shit that he is. Because this is a guy that dosed his friend with ecstasy, MDMA, at his house before he did a podcast with him. Like what? This guy's got a couple kids, a wife. And Ari Shafir just doses him with MDMA and didn't MDMA and didn't even tell him. And then when it kicked in, he was like, how you feeling? Like, come on, man. That's a scumbag, scumbag move. All right? Even as a joke, that's a scumbag move. This is another scumbag move. But he seems to be getting, this seems to be his stick, his shtick. But for me, it's weak, it's tired. I don't find him funny in the first place. I've never particularly liked the way he comes across. And this is just another reason for me to say, you know what, fuck that guy. Do yourself a favor. Stay away from his comedy. Stay away from his YouTube. Don't, don't give him the time of day. But let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Don't cancel him. Just talk with your pockets. So that's all I'm going to say on anything related with Kobe for the rest of this episode. Um, where should we go next? Should we go to the Trump impeachment? Let's, let's do an update on that. So if you haven't been following this, which I don't expect a lot of you guys have, maybe I'm wrong on that, I don't know. But uh, they're, they're effectively... Th- like 12 hour days of like just speaking so they're not the most interesting content to watch they're also super boring as fuck (laughs) Um, but I've been watching them because I like politics and I'm a bit of a geek that way and I have to say 
that even without the release of John Bolton's book, which seems to be, I mean, can you even say that's the nail in the coffin for Trump? Nothing sticks to the guy, right? He's Teflon Don for sure. But even without John Bolton's book, what I've heard from Adam Schiff, from Jerry Nadler, versus what I've heard from Trump's lawyers, and their names are hilarious, but obviously they've got... Uh, God, I'm, I'm not even going to try because I'll just butcher the names. I can't even remember. Dershowitz. they got Dershowitz as one of them. Uh, they've got, uh, not Karl Rove, the, uh, the other guy. I can't remember. I'm sure I could just look it up online. Um, probably be a good test actually you can hear all of that rattling um but what i've heard from the two sides i mean there there can be no confusion on this right there can be no confusion if 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 what is being reported from the house side of this argument on the prosecution side of this argument i mean it's game over right it should be came over. If they, Put yourself in this position. If you've been paying attention at all, they're dropping the facts, they're dropping stats, they're dropping the phone calls, they're dropping audio. And all Trump's team are doing is like, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. There's no argument being made that this didn't happen. They're just saying there's no evidence. And they've been blocking the witnesses from testifying, which brings us straight into Bolton's book. Bolton's just released a book that's basically like, yeah, you might not have any first-hand information, but I got all the for, I got first-hand information right here. He for sure did this, and now there's some kind of like there's some ongoing battle between the senators as to whether or not to allow witnesses. Can you imagine if you were on trial and you weren't allowed witnesses? You couldn't bring anybody in there to defend you. Even though you might have had people there that were like, yeah, I saw him. He didn't do that. The problem is the witnesses in this case saw him do it and took part in doing it. They were complicit. That's the entire problem here. They can't allow witnesses because they don't have a case. Otherwise, they wouldn't be fighting it. Because when the shoe was on the other foot and it was Bill Clinton getting impeached, they were all for witnesses. For any reason. Any reason they wanted to. But now that it's their guy, that can't be allowed to happen. And in such a in such a blatant case of misconduct, it would be so damning to them to allow this to happen that they're going they're going to fight it tooth and nail to make sure it doesn't happen. But if John Bolton testifies, or if Mick Mulvaney testifies, and tell the truth, it's game over. I can't believe that it's not game over already. But new polls have come out to say that 75% of, uh, of, um, of Democrats want uh, witnesses. Uh, something like... 69% of independents want 
witnesses, and even 49% of Republicans want witnesses. Couple that, and I'm bringing you up to speed, with the fact that Mitch McConnell has shown his cards. Now, there may be some, there may be some game playing here with this, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. That said, Mitch McConnell has now come out and said they don't have the votes to stop witnesses, which means that some of the Republican senators have said to Mitch McConnell, if you take a vote on whether or not to allow witnesses, I am going to vote on the allow them side. I'm going to vote on the Democratic side of this argument because we need to see and hear from the witnesses. I don't know why Mitch McConnell would come out and say that. It seems like showing that you've got a bad hand of cards and just putting your cards on the table, right, literally. And that's not really how he flows. So it's a bit confusing, and that's why I wonder if there's some game playing there. But we're going to find out in the next couple of days. We're going to find out very, very soon if witnesses are going to be allowed. And if they are, good Lord, the shit is going to hit the fan. You watch all the distraction pieces that try to come out. You watch how busy Trump gets on Twitter. You watch all the volatility start to bubble to the surface. You know, you might see an escalation in the Middle East. You might see an escalation in uh, with North Korea. You might see an escalation in the trade uh, war that's been going on with China. You might see an escalation with a brand new host of countries. Who knows? Somebody might go missing. Somebody might have an accident. Who knows? I'm not putting anything past the desperation of a guy like Trump. So watch out if witnesses are allowed to testify in this trial. Because for me, I mean, it's already game over. But it seems like these senators have to be brought all the way to the water. They have to be grabbed by the back of the head. And they have to have their head smashed into the drinking pond before they actually are, you know, to be forced to take a sip. Because they just seem unwilling to be receptive to any facts and have a default response for some reason to just say, that's garbage, or that's not true, or that didn't happen. You don't have, like, just fighting it with no fight, just saying, nope, that's not true. That's, that's not an argument. It's not an argument. So the next couple of days are going to be really interesting in terms of, you know, that element of this. Because if this doesn't happen, the likelihood is the likelihood is that these senators can sit on their partisan sides. And if that happens, Donald Trump gets acquitted. And then we go from there. And it's basically, you know, election time again. But if he gets impeached in the Senate, he has to go. And that means the Republicans have to put somebody new up. Matt, or, or is it, or is it Pence automatically in? I'm not sure. But, anywho, now you're up to date. So, we're going to report more on that and have conversations about that going forward. Um, but we had to talk about it because that shit is wild, and it's 12 hours of testimony, and it's really, really boring to watch. But the stuff you can pick out of it, that's what keeps us informed, right? The devil's in the details. You can't watch these clickbait news stations. You can't, 
get these clickbait websites, read the first paragraph and expect to know the story. You've got to dive deep if you want to know certain levels of, of information. So for me, it's just fun. <laughs> um, now you're up to speed. What else has been going on since we've been gone? Well, there's been so much going on. And if you guys have listened to the show before, you know I generally talk about news, current events, anything that's kind of like outlandish or you know funny or whatever. Then I'll talk about politics, both sides of the pond, maybe some tech, but then I'll talk some UFC as well. And whilst we were gone, the return of Conor McGregor happened. And that's always a spectacle and event. And it was his first return since he lost to Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, 16 or so months ago. And the question around Conor McGregor was what kind of headspace is he in? And for me, it was just exciting to have him back in the octagon because, you know, again, you gravitate towards certain people. And his charisma, you know, just has its own energy force. It just pulls people in. It just just sucks people in. And so we've been on tender hooks for the last, you know, two months. Thinking, what's Connor going to come back looking like? How's he going to perform? Is there going to be ring rust? Is he going to buckle under the pressure of a main event with a guy like Donald Cerrone? And it took him 40 seconds to answer the question in devastating fashion. Broke an orbital bone in the nose of Donald Cerrone with his shoulder. I've never seen that before. He came back in emphatic fashion. And it was amazing. And it's terrible for, you know, Donald Cerrone. Because I'm sure he would have liked to have, you know, made it more of a contest. But Connor in those early rounds is a marauder. He is an absolute savage. And he came out with bad intentions and executed and looked strong. So it was amazing to have him back. And again, boom, record, boom, record, right? Like he's just a, he's a fucking animal in terms of his his marketing magnitude. Like it's, it's just insane. So it was a devastating performance and, you know, too bad for Cowboy. But I was thinking about this, right? This is something I was thinking about. In the UFC, I think the standard rule is the fighter wins the purse, and then the split is, and I thought it was 10%, and then 10% and 5%, whatever, right? Manager, gym, da-da-da-da-da. Turns out, it's it's like 20% to like the manager in the gym. So I was thinking about that, and if the, if, if the numbers are correct, and Connor won 80 million for that fight, then that would mean that it's 20%, I think Kavanaugh's, is Kavanaugh's manager or is that Ari? I'm not sure. It might be Ari. Either way, if they if it's if it's 20% between the manager and the gym, that's say 10% each, right? That would mean that either one of those gentlemen would have made more than Cowboy Cerrone made for the whole fight. In salary, I'm talking about now, right? Just in salary. But it's just a crazy contrast because I think Cowboy got six million for the fight. And if I'm correct, ten percent of eighty million is eight million. So between 
Ari and Kavanaugh, if that is how it would be split up, would have taken 16 million of the 80 that Connor won. And obviously, I'm taking baseline numbers. I'm not talking taxes and blah, 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 all that shit. I'm just doing a kind of a, a, a funny thought exercise in terms of Cowboy should have got at least 10 for that. It's just a funny old world we live in and marketing matters, you know? But I just thought that was funny that Kavanaugh, who just, you know, he trained him, got more than Donald, who got beat up by him. It was, it's, that's just a weird thing to me. I don't, I don't really get it, but never mind. It just, uh, it was just, it was great to have Connor back and who he gets next, who he picks next. I don't know. I don't know. Is it Masvidal? I don't know. I think that fight is going to be with Usman. Is it going to be Nate? I don't know. Or is it going to be fucking Khabib again? Are they going to get Khabib to fight Connor again? And Dana's put a kibosh straight on Moscow. He said, fuck no. We're not going out there. It's going to happen in Vegas. But again, money talks. Money talks. Right? Money talks and bullshit walks the marathon. Like my man Nino Brown said in New Jack City. So we'll see. But that's the biggest fight in UFC history. The rematch. The fact that Connor says he was all busted up. Coming into that fight, he was drinking and fu- fucking whiskey during fight week. Apparently, his mindset changed. And that's where we started this conversation about Connor. What kind of mind is he going to be? What kind of headspace is he going to be in when he comes into the ring? And we knew as soon as he started doing the fight week interviews, we're like, oh, it's a different guy. When we found out that he'd been in camp, trained seriously for more than a year and had his head straight and he said he was going to detox you know throughout the process he was calmer he seemed happier he seemed connected he seemed together that's a dangerous Connor especially if he's motivated and my goodness was he motivated in the fight he came storming across the ring missed with that straight left that would have taken Donald's head off and then they grappled and the rest is history. We go f- four shoulders. You, I mean, if you watch the fight back, you can hear his nose and or orbital bone crunch. I think on the fourth shot, it's brutal. The only shot Cowboy got to throw in that fight was a kick that was blocked by Connor and returned with a head kick of his own that stunned Donald before he got pummeled for the finish. And that was basically the 40-second synopsis of that fight that that was the fight break breakdown I should say and speaking of fight breakdowns it kind of takes us to the next thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of that fight right there's more than one reason that just Connor came up and it's because of people and how they comment on fighting when they have no experience and they're just paid a corporate gig and slotted in somewhere next to an expert and that couldn't have been more evident than when Stephen A. Smith got on the mic next to Joe Rogan and some other fucking guy from ESPN. I don't even know who that guy was. But what I'm concerning myself right now with as, you know, and I don't put myself in the MMA community because I'm not in the MMA community. I'm just a huge fan. You know, I haven't missed the UFC since it started. I love this game. I used to do this when I was younger in terms of kickboxing and Muay Thai and that sort of thing. But I love the UFC. 
So when I hear Stephen A. Smith talk about a guy like Donald Cerrone and talk about him in a context of him quitting or folding, I get fucking irate. This guy's getting paid millions of dollars to be an educated broadcaster in a lot of sports. He is. He's got more experience than I do or many, many other people do in terms of commentating sports. However, fighting's different. You gotta have experience in that to know what the fuck you're talking about or at least be a fan for more than 10 minutes because you've been told to become a fan. He's commenting on Donald Cerrone saying he folded or he quit and now he's trying to backtrack and say the only thing I said. He's like, yeah, I stand by my words. I said we didn't see enough of him. It's like, no, that's part of what you said, motherfucker. You also said he folded and he basically quit. And that's an insult, especially from a guy who hits fucking mitts the way this guy does. Him talking about a guy like Donald Cerrone. Donald, Donald Cerrone will fight three times a night. Donald Cerrone doesn't give a shit. Never turned down a fight. That's why he's got the records on his back that he's got. And then you got Stephen A. Smith saying he's a quitter. And now trying to backtrack and say, oh, I didn't say he was a quitter. I said we didn't get enough, we didn't see enough of him. That's not what you said. Stop backtracking. This guy's a punk, man. He shouldn't be allowed to commentate on UFC fights. He doesn't have the knowledge, and he definitely doesn't have any skills of his own. He doesn't look like he's played a sport in a single day in his life. Yet he's got the gall to go on camera, stick a microphone up to his mouth, and talk about Donald Cerrone's performance and how, how much heart he showed or how much he fucking he didn't. He just quit, laid down, and took it. Who are you to comment on this guy? There's a difference between what Stephen A. Smith is used to calling and what the UFC is. And I'll tell you what that is. The common thread between basketball, football, hockey, and baseball is that you play them. You play hockey. You play basketball. Football teams play each other. When you're talking about what the the guys and the girls in the UFC do, they're not playing at all. It's a fight. And a fight can go any which way it goes. You can't call it. You can't script it. You can't say, oh, I wish I would have had another five minutes to see that guy. Yeah, I'm sure the guy on the floor getting his fucking head pounded and wish he had another five minutes to show you. But unfortunately, it don't go that way every time. And the Donald Cerrone fight was just, just so happened to be one of those instances. So I take offense to the fact that this motherfucker's getting paid to go on camera to talk about a sport that I care about a lot. And clearly know more about than this guy does. And I could just slot into his space and give you some feedback on the fights and an overall summary of the event if you're going to pay me a few fucking hundred grand a year to do it as a professional job, as a vocation. Tell this guy to take a seat. There's a million of us out there that could give you your feedback and we're camera ready. Get out of here with that shit. He's sitting there hitting mitts like he's punching a midget in one hand and God knows what with the uppercut. I mean, I've never seen such a sad state of affairs trying to say you're hitting mitts or boxing or training. 
It's an absolute embarrassment. And it only couples the embarrassment of the words that came out of his mouth. And show proof that he has no business, no business at all, commenting on the UFC. Stay in his lane. His lane is somewhere over there. He's he's one of these guys, right? He's just like a shock jock. He's just like, I got something controversial to say. You're going to put this on a headline and, you know, you're going to know my name. I said it. Yeah, I called him on it. There was no effort in that shit. It's like, what? There's two men beating the shit out of each other. The only reason one of them isn't getting killed is because there's a ref in there. That's a whole lot different than five on five. That's a whole lot different than scoring touchdowns. But in terms of the big four sports, I'd say football is the closest thing that even fucking relates a little bit. So, in my opinion, he has no business commenting on that sport at all. And he showed that. He gave his own reasons for why he shouldn't have that job ever again. And I hope this, along with all the other uh, criticisms and feedback of his commentary about Donald Cerrone and the Cowboy fight, uh, and the Connor fight, his Instagram footage that shows him completely inept of even practicing the sport a part of that sport along with the fact that our sport's biggest star has now told him to apologize for his comments because they're so disrespectful and he doesn't know what he's talking about so Stephen A. Smith has some shit to do before I see him on any other ESPN broadcast that is uh, showing a UFC event that's where I'm at with it so that's all I gotta say about that So, first show back, I feel great. I hope it sounds great. I'll be able to tell more when I edit it later on tonight. And uh, and then this should come out on Thursday. But before we go, I just wanted to kind of break down uh, a little bit more about where we're going. All right, so I told you I've got some guests lined up. And I want to give you a bit of a profile. We've got a couple of brother CEOs uh, that decided to start their own kind of creative company we have a female startup female uh, CEO who started an ad tech business she's gonna be coming on the show as well we have and I'm still waiting to confirm this a uh, team GP powerlifting coach uh, I'm trying to work out dates there as well which would be phenomenal talk about health and uh, nutrition and you know getting getting your getting your physical self right uh, we have a gentleman lined up that helped create a cryptocurrency. We're going to talk to him about digital currency and the future of crypto and you know what his position is on that. Then we have, I'm just trying to think, uh, then we have a professor uh, who specializes in news and media and journalism. This was a gentleman that was on uh, episode 100 of the show, but the audio was so terrible, I begged him to come back and give me a few more uh, minutes of his time, and he graciously accepted, so that's going to be great. Um, who else have we got? Uh, just trying to think. Let me have a quick look, see if I've got it written down. Uh, where are we? Here we go. Oh, of course. Uh, super excited to talk to this guy uh, who's actually London-based, which is amazing. Uh, he writes about self-help for men, uh, depression, 
uh, personality, behavioral issues, complexes that, that men go through, and also speaks on the attack that a lot of men are under at the moment uh, with this progressive environment and how to deal with some of that and navigate the space uh, so you don't feel alienated in your own skin just by you know, kind of being a man, and I've read uh, a lot of his uh, a lot of his stuff. I've heard him speak on other podcasts, and his story has a lot of resonance with me personally. And I'm really, really gracious, uh, grateful that uh, he agreed to sit down with me. And he's actually in London, so he may be our first in-person guest. One of the other elements that I'm trying to work out is how we do the best recording job for you as listeners if we. Uh, do remote interviews via Skype or uh, Zoom or one of these other kind of webcasters, Zencaster. You know, there's there's a number of them out there. Some are free, some are not. I got the webcam as well, so we may be able to kind of, you know, upload video that way. Uh, a lot of other people have webcams. Maybe they, you know, maybe there's a file sharing option there. I'm still working that out, but we will have it fixed. Uh, three of the interviews, four of the interviews I mentioned uh, would likely be in studio. Uh, one and then potentially, uh, no, maybe only one won't be live. So that's going to give us a great chance to test out all the kit, see where we're at, make any adjustments, and uh, and keep pressing forward. But this is an open invite for anybody that's listened to the whole episode and gotten here, this is an open invite to reach out and reach out and speak to me. If you want to have a platform for your product, for your idea, for your politics, for whatever, if you want to have a debate, if you haven't, if you've heard me talk about something and you might want to take an alternate point of view, get in touch. I want to have conversations with the brightest. I want to have conversations with the most interesting. Uh, I want to I want to really bring variety to this show rather than just have it be a stream of consciousness uh, consciousness from me. Um, I think it's best when I interact with people, and I'm gonna continue trying to trying to build new content. Oh shit! I completely forgot. We've also got the founder of uh. Well, I won't I won't go into detail with it. This guy helped start a sports organization, and I could not, I could not believe he actually came back to me. And I was like, maybe we fucking got something here. So I think with how many is that? Six? I think that's six. Shit, I gotta write this down somewhere. It's all in my head, which is I'm terrible at note taking. Anyways, um, so we've got some big things coming up, and like I said, I'm gonna add video. I've got a backdrop, so we're gonna like kind of. Uh, studioize the video as well, but that takes a lot more work, and uh, just in terms of getting it right. Because, like I said, I'm a novice. I'm a beginner in this. I'm watching all the YouTube videos I can. I'm actually reading my instruction booklets for once, so I'm trying. Right, like bear with me, guys. I'm doing my due diligence. Um, but this is going to be the first of many, and this is actually really cool because I've got a helicopter flying over my house right now, and it's going to be a great opportunity to test how the microphone captures and uh, blocks out sound. So um, so we're experimenting, but I hope this sounds better. I hope this is more improved. I hope it sounds smoother. And uh, and I might be changing up the uh, start music, uh, the intro and, and outro music as well. Uh, so we're playing with everything at the moment. And uh, and this is the first of many. So stay tuned and, uh, and we'll be back with another episode. I, just a piece of FYI, 
I'm not announcing dates for any of the interviews because I still have to lock them in. But like I said, I've had verbal um, confirmations from a lot of those people um, and I've been in person with with others. So we're good to go on 99% of them. I'm actually just waiting for one to confirm uh, and then uh, and then we'll be off and running with a schedule. So I'll be able to announce dates and when you can look out for those those episodes in the future. So stay with us. Stay tuned. 2020 is going to be a big year. We started a little negatively with the Kobe stuff and uh, and our heart goes out to you know anybody affected by that. But this is going to be a great year for us. It's going to be a great year for anybody listening and it's going to be a great year all around. So 2020 is about refocusing, making any necessary adjustments and leveling up and doing the best job that we can. And that's what we're going to try to bring to you every single episode starting with right now. So... Um, Stay tuned, guys. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud as well under uh, Quiet Part Loud Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter. Now, quick update before we go. I tried to get back on Facebook. I don't think they're going to let me. I was dumb enough to use my real name again, and I think they've just blocked my name. Full stop on that platform. And I really wanted to launch a page on, on Facebook just to help kind of promote and guide you guys with uh, with the episodes and what's going on with the podcast but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So if anything changes on that, I'll let you know. Uh, otherwise, hit us up on Twitter, at Quiet Part Loud. Um, want to hear from guests, potential guests. We want to hear from anybody who's got feedback, commentary on what they're listening to. Um, and yeah, here we go again. A new year and, uh, and, and what will be a brand new show. So until next time, guys, all the best. All the best.